0: hello and welcome to Nightcaps of the theater at our amuse-bouche centric episode where we talk about all things pop culture ranging from film television anime theater music the works what's who- a theater
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh too soon uh,
0: that's a bankruptcy <laughs> uh i am your um matron for this evening mark Zebro jr who am i with uh during this uh lovely ZenCaster meeting
2: well um i'm currently opening up a new pet shop where you can adopt an adorable ear of corn entitled aw shucks i'm jonathan kwikowski
1: oh boy <laughs> right, my name is matt spreadsheet defeat cabrera Hmm. these taxes ain't going well baby
2: i know tax season is extended
1: uh, <laughs> still not enough time Doesn't. i help. still
2: think the rent is still too damn high
1: <laughs> doesn't help that i start in the last two weeks,
2: <laughs> you'll get it. it. There's literally a Simpsons episode about that too, where they like kick it into the 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 tax office like a second b- <laughs> before it's
1: due. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta check that out. Yep. Wait, wait I've never heard of that show.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on the air for a while.
1: <laughs> hmm, strange. <laughs> yeah, I, I only get CBS <laughs> with my janky antenna.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you and your your um. <laughs> With your games.
1: <laughs> uh, CBS has the worst game show lineup, but we'll get into it.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> well, I... I if, we're, if we're done with the bantering, sorry, I, I was uh, double-checking what I'm going to be talking about today, but uh, since uh, uh, we're all good and ready to go, why don't we start off with our first segment, Shut Up Weeb? <laughs> since we're all shut up,
2: let's all shut up. I... I don't have anything to offer you. I'm sorry. I apologize. I <laughs> didn't do my homework this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I've. Hmm,
2: I've got. Do I? Did, no, I've got nothing. Um, I checked out. I, I mean, this just came to mind. I don't know if it counts. Like a a six minute preview of that new Adventure Time series on HBO Max, but I didn't get to watch it yet. Oh, that new Brothers. uh,
0: the new BMO movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I I wanted to check that out.
2: Yep, that's it, it for me.
0: No, any good? No, no, that's it. <laughs> no,
2: it's good. I'll watch it. I was into Adventure Time.
0: Oh, I thought you said you already watched it. Sorry.
2: No, no, no. I just watched like the six minute like opening scene. Okay, and then that's it.
0: Gotcha. I think technically I have four to talk about, but oh th- I'll be able. I'll be two. I've already talked about. So this is just me wrapping up. So oh. I finished uh, Dodo Hey Dodo, that a uh, uh, weird uh, Netflix anime. That's filled with magicians, lizard head people, mm-hmm. uh, buff, buff people of all genders, <laughs> and other things included. It's just it's a fun, bizarre, wacky romp to go through, and it's it's it really doesn't take itself too seriously. And I'm I'm I that's part of the charm for it for me. It, it's it it's only serious at like maybe within maybe two minutes of screen airtime between each episode and the rest of it it becomes very like lighthearted. Then it's very like action oriented oriented. And uh, yeah, a lot of the times you, you love like uh, interacting with the villains too. And, uh, and, uh, and ended off ended off on a uh, kind of not like a big cliffhanger, but like enough for it to say where it's like, yeah, you, you definitely want more of this. It's definitely one of those kind of like wacky, uh, cartoon uh, like romps you would experience that has like a progressing storyline that's going on but uh you're not exactly sure where it's going it looks like it can keep going for as long as uh, it makes somewhat coherent sense of itself
2: so we assume a season two then
0: i think so i don't i didn't see anything confirmed from Hmm. it but uh i definitely want more of this Hmm. i like it i like i I like all the characters and uh yeah it's, it's it's a good time i i recommend it
2: and you said it's like a comedy, right? It leads more into a comedy.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's okay. it's kind of like an action comedy, and and uh, it, it has its moments of levity too.
2: All right, I was getting a real dial uh, island of Doctor Moreau vibe going on for a second. A little, you know what? The way
0: you put it, it's kind of uh, of that vein. You know, people are being <laughs> turned into like, you know, like you know, people that have like weird heads and stuff like that, or someone gets turned into a giant cockroach, <laughs> and uh, that and, and that all gets like. Woven in uh, uh, really nicely, and uh, mm. yeah, it's a it's a good time. I dig it. Mm. I, w- I want more of this.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's uh, I'm probably I'm probably giving it less uh, credit th- th- than it's due, but uh, it's uh, it's something that you need 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 to experience for yourself. That's a uh, that's all that I'll say. All right. Uh, next one up. Uh, I've also finished this one, that which I already previously talked about, and that's Avatar: The Last Airbender. Ooh yeah i liked it i liked it quite a bit
2: yeah how was that ending Mm. it was a nice ending
0: uh you know like uh, obviously they left that one part open with uh zuko and his mother Mm -hmm. open Mm -hmm. and uh, i don't know if that's ever explored later on with the core series
2: i don't think a lot it might be in the comics i haven't read them
0: yeah i know there's a comic series that i guess that takes place after the the series ends to kind of like maybe continue their adventures and, and whatnot but uh no, this this was really good. I I liked it. I I like I like the way it ends too. You know, it uh, it doesn't end with like a massacre, and you you almost feel like there should have been more casualties. But uh, <laughs> uh, but no, no, it it's it all it all kind of makes sense of, of of in itself, and uh, it's a it's it really is a uh, something that stands the test of time. I think because I, I think it last aired what two thousand seven. And uh, it's, an, it's a nice program to watch along with uh, children and adults. And I, I like the humor, too. The humor is really nice and uh, the camaraderie. And everyone has a sense of growth uh, with each other, especially Zuko and mm-hmm. Aang. And, you know, uh, I think I don't know if people have any problems with Sokka, but, like, I, 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 I really like him. Oh, a lot the, of people love I think a lot of people love Sokka. Too. He, he's, he's a big goof, you know, and that's it. That's his. That's just shtick, you know, throughout the whole series. But, like, that doesn't mean, like, he's just, like, an imbecile for for the whole run. And and, and he, he, he he learned, he starts to learn stuff within, like, the first three episodes, which I, I I highly dig. And, uh, you know, know, how to respect, you know, like your peers and, uh, you know, those uh, of the opposite gender as well. And it's, uh, it's very, very, very well told. I really, I really liked it. Now it's time to compare and contrast with Korra. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm not itching to get uh, to watch Korra or or anything right now. I just want to let Avatar sit for a while, and maybe I'll get around to Korra. I think it's on Amazon Prime. So Hmm. um, once once I have uh, time to kind of sit down with it and let it breathe, uh, I'll give it a watch. I have someone. I have someone else uh, talking in my ear now. It's like you gotta watch it. You gotta tell me how it is. Yeah.
2: I don't know, and make sure you squeeze in that M Night Shyamalan joint in between.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I was looking <laughs> to maybe compare and contrast because one I'm of not... the worst movies ever made. <laughs> Is that just strictly uh, more from a movie perspective or an Avatar oh, fan perspective? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll get around to that as well. I think that's on Netflix too. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's mm. what I'd say about that one. Um, I guess, uh, I, before move forward, just a little small one I watched, I think Pokemon has been putting out these like little, like Looney Tune-esque like shorts mm-hmm. on their YouTube channel. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they, you know, they're cute, you know, they, you know, they're obviously for children. And, uh, Find and, those beans. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, it take I think it follows like a, a Scraggy and a Mimikoo. Yep. They're just kind of like. Like, you know, doing Looney Tune esque stuff and old stuff. Fleischner
2: brothers style animation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh yeah, you know, that's that's something to, to check out if you if you got the time. I think it's like a few minutes for each short. Mm-hmm.
1: So there's no like Ash or any of those characters. <laughs> no,
0: no, it's just like, you know, Pokemon having a little bit of like uh their own adventures. Okay. That's kind of fun. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's cute uh and last one i think i'll talk about is ghost in the shell
2: oh wait 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 which one hold up (laughs) scarlet
0: scar oh no the (laughs) new
2: obviously the new one then right
0: no uh, no the original oh uh, thank god yeah yeah the original (laughs) film um yeah um very very good i i think i rank it lower than akira Mm -hmm. i i think akira like has a little bit more of a story structure to it and uh because I, you know, it kind of throws you into this world where everyone's a cyborg, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if like that, that. That's also the intent. Because I'm, I'm still trying to. It, it's. I know that it's a whole series as well, and I think there's mm-hmm. been multiple films that have come after it as well. Uh, and a lot of people kind of. I from from what I hear, people don't really like it as much. It kind of like takes a dip in terms of quality. It becomes a little bit more CGI, I think, more than traditional uh, hand drawn anime style. Mm -hmm. and uh but no i i i dug it um i think i want to watch it again just so i can try and make a little bit more sense of Mm -hmm. it because i i I, was there a series that came after the movie came out too
2: there was i think there was a new series and then there's an original animated series as well
0: right because i think i remember something airing on like toonami when i was yeah
2: that was the original
0: yeah so i i don't know I, i want to do a little bit more sleuthing and uh try and check it out Cause yeah, it's it's always uh, an anime that's kind of eluded me uh, mm. since uh, I was very young. So, but it's it, it was cool to finally check it out too. Visually, it's stunning. There, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of nice action sequences. Uh, some some pretty gory moments as well. And mm. uh, yeah, uh, I liked it. I liked it, I liked it quite a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. So,
0: yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's all I got for for yeah. anime. All right. What's the next segment? Anyone oh, well, remember? Oh well, the the next segment would be TV court, bang bang, bang bang, <laughs> TV court sound session. Anyone watch yeah. any TV? Um, I guess I'll go because I've
2: got a few things that I want to get out of the way. Um, first thing: Drag Race All Stars five and Legendary on HBO Max. Both good drag content still up there. Um, like I said, with the uh, Backstreet Boys concert going on currently, aka Corona, um, <laughs> it's very difficult for me to imagine them filming for a while so this is gonna be the last drag related content i'm gonna get so i better enjoy it
1: <laughs> for,
2: for a good long time i think yeah, um, drag But
1: fans are not used to a dirty <laughs> content
2: we've had like three years straight of content which <laughs> is crazy
1: it's only gonna get to go outside
2: i know yeah well not that but <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> eventually <laughs> Um, other than that, uh, let's see. Should I start with the bad or the good? I think I'm going to start with the good. um Meaning to check it out, as we mentioned pre-recording this. Dark is up, season three, the final season on Netflix. Uh, really like the show. Read the subtitles. It's like the German Stranger Things, but if the Stranger Things was like adult-oriented and actually required you to think about things and didn't rely on your nostalgia. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's better. I think it's a. It requires you to actually piece together these. These mysteries surrounding these characters, and uh, you may be time jumping. Mm.
1: (laughs) Hmm,
2: That's all I'll say. (laughs) Um, I finished a great show uh, that I brought up, I think, a couple weeks ago. I finished and with an E on Netflix. Um, Right. It's by the Canadian Broadcasting System or um, company, Canadian broad, the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Company, and Netflix. um, I believe they uh canceled plans for a season four um and the fans i thought drag race fans like were really vocal these and with an e fans i don't want to meet any of them in a, a dark alley at night because i'm pretty sure they could all wreck me Damn. um
1: but i'm how, with them how much story was left to be told
2: oh there's a lot because all these three seasons were only based on the first book loosely and um the show adds a lot of material that isn't in the book um the book subplots oh, um i just oh. think it's a very heartwarming show it's very well acted it's got great kid actors um, um i i just really enjoy it and i wish it would come back in you know get renewed by a different company or channel and push for a season four and i feel like fans are feeling the same way about that mm-hmm. um i haven't felt this good of, about a show since like pushing daisies so that's wow that's high praise from me
1: yeah that's huge
2: yeah, and it does get cheesy because it's like a period piece and they're in Canada. And, you know, it's like, oh, they have a problem, a moral issue this week. Um, so, I mean, if you don't like that kind of like mom drama like I do. Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a close equivalent, Matt. A period, <laughs> I can't believe
1: it. A period piece Degrassi.
2: <laughs> Ooh, now there's an idea.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm gonna put that down in the book of... Things to steal from you. Um, another great show on television, of course, at home with Amy Sedaris, produced by A24. We had two more episodes: one devoted entirely to travel, and one which was a parody of a movie that no one else but me would get. Yet again, Amy Sedaris's production company seems to be rifling through my mind in many different ways. <laughs> Uh, based around Lady in a Cage, where Amy installs a small private elevator in her home. She gets stuck, and then Michael Shannon is an escaped convict that's, like, threatening her by trying to poke her with a broomstick.
1: (laughs) That sounds real silly.
0: That sounds like his uh, his everyday life.
2: Yeah, it's a very (laughs) silly show. (laughs) And I love every moment of it.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the movie. That was the plot of the movie.
2: Oh, well, no. Well, the plot of the movie is, um, I think Olivia de Havilland gets stuck in a small private elevator, and it's more of a, um, a play-ish piece where they just stay in one. They debate moral issues from this this point. <laughs> uh, it's weird. <laughs> that's fairly But different. yet again, yeah, no one would get that reference but me. So yet again, she's pulling out these references yeah. for moi. Um, speaking of the things that I did not like this week, I tried to start a game show at Matt's insistence. You know, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I wanted to live a bit. Ooh. And um, unfortunately, I stumbled upon The Floor is Lava on Netflix, and this is just uh, a waste of time. I, yeah. I did not enjoy this. I, I've <laughs>
0: watched this, too, and I can safely say the same.
1: Yeah. I remember I, I, that was a community episode.
2: Yeah. I had more fun imagining my family trying to do this and then immediately failing. So
0: uh, well, if well. there's
2: one. Yeah, if there's no. one. Say, oh, sorry.
0: No, no, no. I was, was going to let you go
2: oh if uh, if there's one thing i have to say about the show is i don't think the obstacles are padded in any way shape or form so when people actually hit their <laughs> oh, yeah. their necks and spinal <laughs> columns on oh, things God. like i get a good laugh out of that
0: that's <laughs> probably why they never come up for air after
2: <laughs> where do they go they sink into the lava yeah. and die
1: i kind of wish they had like um like an animated overview um, of kind of like an x-ray of these people's bodies as they're being crunched against <laughs> these like, barriers and obstacles and you can see like the bones shifting and snapping and
2: oh i wish that would really add to the viewership of the show i feel but it's it's doing so well on netflix because america i guess
1: yeah. uh, netflix's game shows they they've had a few now i think they've all this is probably the most uh popular or the most uh, talked about one but they they haven't seen seemed very good from what I've seen of them. No, no. Um, one of them, I think, involved. Well, OK, I'm not going to lie. It was a little interesting. It was a, like <laughs> people not sleeping for 24 hours and then doing crazy tasks. But um, I don't know. I, I wasn't coming back for more.
0: I think I dropped off somewhere in the middle of like episode three because then I just kind of like put together. It's like, yeah, it's 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 boring. That's, yeah. that's what it really uh, kind of boils down to for me. It's, it's, it has such a unique concept behind it. It's something that we've all talked about and like, kind of imagined in our own youth uh, uh, <laughs> uh, climbing on furniture and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like they, they even force like, personalities out of these contestants as well. I don't even know if they're real. Not that trio of Italian triplets, though. That I was like, oh, what can we get
2: to make this show more obnoxious? I couldn't oh. even.
0: I, I wasn't sure if I, I should like be rolling my eyes or just laughing from stupidity.
2: <laughs> I felt a few brain cells die. So,
0: like every time I I heard them talk in tandem with each other, I I, I kind of wanted to just kind of like throw up because <laughs> it, it was between that and a migraine I was getting. Uh, yeah, it was uh, not not enjoyable. And yep. I d- and it doesn't even add to the uh, our narrating host as well. That's uh, giving a play by play. That's happening over the contestants. It's like and now you can uh, you win ten thousand dollars, a lava lamp, and you get to meet me, nameless stranger.
2: Who are you, sir?
0: Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't. At least, I didn't, at least on Holy Moly, they have a chance to meet wh- Steph Curry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's famous. Yeah, we get
0: to meet uh, not not ja- Josh Gad here. <laughs> Gad. It's like Josh Gad's like second rate.
1: <laughs> I thought Twice Josh Gad was already the second rate Josh Gad. I know it's so gosh,
0: it's, so it's gosh bad.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh, I do, awesome. I do really like that they give you a lava lamp though as the prize. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a slap in the face.
2: Yeah, that that did get a chuckle out of me the first time I saw it, but then afterwards. <laughs> No chuckles. <laughs> um, and let's return to cooler climate, shall we? Because there's a certain show back on television, and we're going to go to Christmas Town yet again. <laughs> it's Nose for on AMC. Ah,
0: of course. Oh, the um, one and only.
2: Yeah. uh, If you remember my commentary from season one, I was like, this book is short. How the hell is this going to be two seasons of this bullshit? And season one was packed full of storylines that weren't in the book and didn't really go anywhere. And the acting subpar. But with all that being said, I kind of missed this show. I'm I'm happy it's back because it's so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and stupid and zachary quinto is like a old pedophile man that takes children to christmas town
0: <laughs> but what does he play on the show
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um but i'm glad it's back it's corny i'm gonna watch season two which has to be the last season because it it started at the midpoint of the no- novel so it, it just has to happen
1: that's what you think
2: <laughs> yeah well i'll update you in current uh, when it when i see the newer episodes but uh I believe that's all the TV that I saw this week.
1: Hmm. All right. Well, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead next and pick up the TV court gavel, if I'm <laughs> allowed, Your Honor.
2: Buy your own for 19.99.
1: dollars <laughs> 99 uh, So, uh, April and I, we finished Community. Yay! Uh, cool. we, that includes season six, the Yahoo screen season. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, I mean, okay. so season six had some highlights, but, you know, overall, it was it was kind of a lesser season uh, among everything that we every season of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, it doesn't rank quite as high as uh, some other ones. I was pleasantly surprised. I mentioned it before, but season five was so much better than I remember it. And I really appreciated it um it was just such a breath of fresh air for season four so uh yeah I, w- I was kind of looking forward to season six i was a little bit more cautiously optimistic than i was uh prior to my rewatch starting because I-, I remember not having such vivid memories but uh you know like i said it's got its moments i still really dig the vr episode and they they try to do some interesting uh uh, some experimentation with the TV format, um, yeah, just a lot more of the kinds of things we've seen from sitcoms in, in more recent years, uh, like BoJack Horseman and, uh, mm. and probably other shows as well that I can't really <laughs> think of. But uh, yeah, no Community. It's good. It had a it had its its series finale that served as kind of like they didn't they left the possibility of a season seven open, but uh, obviously we know that did not happen. Mm. But, um, you know, at the same time, it did feel like they were kind of wrapping things up. So uh, they they did an admirable job with that finale, even if it was one of the lesser episodes of the season as a whole. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's great. I'm, I'm looking forward to the movie if we're ever <laughs> lucky enough to get it. Someday. Someday. I know uh, we'll keep praying. Oh, I do got to mention. Um, if anybody was interested in watching Community and you did not get to it recently, uh, you missed out. You fucked up. <laughs> wow! Because Netflix removed uh, one of the episodes in which Chang appears, um, not quite blackface, but he oh, appears oh. as a a dark elf or uh, or a drow in a game yeah. of Advanced D&D, Dungeons Dragons. Yeah and um it's not really blackface it but characters you know jokingly kind of refer to it as such Mm because it's it's really just black and he has like silver hair and he has pointed ears and things like that he he really looks like an elf that's like in this skin color man there's not a human being on earth that is this black it is (laughs) he looks it's like he represents a void it is like staring into an abyss. But um, Netflix, uh, the the people over there really are just so out of touch. They don't know what's going on. They're just trying to like do a political. I, I, I hate saying this um, because I feel like most of the time it's not warranted. But in this case, it actually is. They're doing mm-hmm. like a political. I don't know, grandstanding or virtue signaling or other mm-hmm. buzzwords I've seen on uh, the Red Pill recently. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, so they removed this episode, which is, um, you know, they didn't just cut the scene like they had done from some other shows. They removed the episode completely, which is one of the best episodes from the show and definitely one of the the first episodes that um, leads you into thinking that this is kind of a more mature show than you may have uh, been led to believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has some, like, serious repercussions for the characters as well. So it's kind of a bummer that they just really lost focus of what was important here and, and, just eliminated it entirely. So that really sucks. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen community and you're interested in watching it, uh, pirate that shit.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Now go back to physical media.
1: Yeah.
2: Yay. It's my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but that time for reselling gun with the wind is also sadly over. <laughs> yep. Those DVDs were going for like 80 bucks. But uh, they've, they've put it back on HBO Max with a little disclaimer saying that slavery was bad.
2: And Sherry Pie won't be a part of Gone with the Wind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, next, after Community, we, uh, we started to watch Fleabag. Woo! Uh, so, yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, kind of that uh, genius, I guess, at the helm of it. So we, we started and finished this because uh, it's just two seasons. And since it's British, each season is a short six episodes. And um, yeah, it's so the show for me, I, I thought it was good. I acknowledged how kind of interesting and fresh it felt in the first few episodes, but it didn't really click with me. It didn't really grab me until mm. episode four, when they kind of like embrace a more absurd kind of humor and um, they start kind of letting some, uh, emotional underpinnings seep through. So that was really, uh, yeah, that was really just a breath of fresh air and really, uh, nice to see. And from that point, the show just did not let up in quality. Um, the re- remaining episodes of season one, or I guess series one, if you're British are fantastic mm-hmm. and series two just kind of elevated it to a, to a whole new level. And I think it really warranted the praise that the show has been getting recently. Mm. Um, yeah, season two is, is fantastic. Um, they do some really, really interesting things. Um, they do one interesting thing in particular, maybe like halfway through season two, and it's just very unexpected. Hmm. And they do it, like it's not even a plot twist. It, it really has no bearing on anything all that much, but they pull it off in just such like a smooth manner. And it just kind of uh, serves to enhance your enjoyment of the show. And nothing more. It doesn't really change how you look at the show, but it just uh, enhances your your viewing. So I, I, I thought that was really cool. And that was something I've literally never seen in media. So it was just really fun to watch. And yeah, mm-hmm. c- Series 2, is uh, it's more infectious than Series 1. Um, and it's more... Well, I don't really, I don't really want to spoil it, so I'll just say that uh, it is. Well, I'll say that the finale was probably one of the best finales I've seen for a show. Wow! Hmm. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. That is a it is a high recommend, especially because you know you can binge it in like five hours. I think uh, the whole show. Next up, we have Killing Eve, another kind of Phoebe Waller Bridge adjacent property. Um, I have not come close to finishing series uh, season three. I am on, I believe episode three. Maybe I, yeah, I think I just finished mm-hmm. episode three, and it's a little. I mean, it's good. It's solid. I like the characters a lot. I like the uh, the writing. It's well, I like the dialogue. Um, yeah, there's but, like
2: a lack of writing on this show. It, like they like, talk a lot, but it's always like circular <laughs> talking.
1: Like yeah, the writing in terms of the story, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of lacking. It's it's yeah. unfocused. I noticed that um, Villanelle in like the first three episodes of these of this season has like a different goal each episode. Mm-hmm. Like um, you know, in episode one she wants to be a handler. In episode two, she wants to find Eve and in episode three she wants to find her family and like all of this is just kind of randomly coming up and out of nowhere and none of the threads that are being started are like being seen to completion all that much. Mm-hmm. But you know it's still it's got a good style. It's got a good vibe to it. And uh it's it's an enjoyable watch. I just don't know uh really where it's gonna go. Mm. And uh it is well, I don't know, it, it took us a while to get to uh, Nico. I still haven't seen him, but he was finally mentioned in uh, kind of towards the end of episode three. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, it's interesting. But um, I'll keep watching, I'll keep giving it a shot, and I just kind of hope it gets more focused yeah.
2: from here. I'll say the, the next few episodes spike, so it's going to go
1: okay. way up. That's good. Glad to hear <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, finally in terms of non game show television, we've got a uh, Barry. Uh, ah. yeah, I believe this has been talked about on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader as an assassin, uh, slash wannabe actor. Uh, so I started <laughs> this, uh, about three years ago, I think when it first came out and I watched the first two episodes and I enjoyed it, but it didn't quite grab me. um, I think this time around, I've made it through episode four, no five, I believe, and it, it's grabbed me a tiny bit more, but um, it still feels a little kind of inconsistent right now, and um, yeah. the characters, like the main characters that we're exposed to, mostly uh, Barry and uh, his, the kind of love interests that he's going after, is uh, yeah, I, I you know I don't really believe in that relationship right now and i don't really believe oh. in them as separate characters either as like people to really be rooting for um that's a little bit addressed in the most recent episode i watched where the uh the acting class kind of gangs up on uh on the love interest and tells her no you were actually wrong there mm-hmm. and uh, barry is also kind of uh admonished by the love interest for being you know a bit too eager but um, yeah, I I think it could get there. It's got the elements in place for for a good dynamic. But uh, just for right now, I'm not feeling it all that much. One thing that does really interest me is um, just kind of in these past two episodes, they introduced kind of a, a daydream mechanic for Barry, where he kind of just envisions uh, what his what he wants his life to be like when uh, all his current troubles are said and done and that really uh i i I do really enjoy seeing that play out whenever it comes up on screen Mm -hmm. i think that adds a pretty good dimension to his character and uh, sometimes it's a little bit creepy because he really is like imagining his whole life with this woman that he kind of barely knows but you know at the same time it really is just kind of an indication of how much he wants to go back to normal like or to start a normal life He's never had. So I appreciate some of the interesting things that the show's doing. And uh, I hear season two is rather excellent. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, I guess one other thing. I I was expecting like maybe, you know, not quite Breaking Bad level of um, writing when it comes to illegal activity, when it comes to crime. But um, yeah, I don't know a lot of the crime that I've seen depicted on this show so far is like really sloppy. And I I just feel like if this were being written by Vince Gilligan or, uh, Michael Gould, whoever that guy is on breaking bad and better call Saul, then it would Mm -hmm. be playing out very differently. Um, and I think, you know, Barry probably would have been caught almost immediately or, or even like a show like the wire. Um, I I think they are a lot more sophisticated in there. Um, in their bad guy chasing and catching. But, um, (laughs) you know, we'll see. This is, it, it, it's a comedy. So it does kind of take a light approach to, to, uh, that more realistic kind of writing, I think. And, uh, just one more thing I want to mention are the supporting characters. That's, I think that's really a strong point of the show. I really like seeing, uh, Mm -hmm. the supporting characters whenever they're out, we got, um, Henry Winkler and kind of his love interests and who he's trying to court. And we have, um, you know, some some of the IT guys and some of the the Russians slash uh, Chechens.
0: Oh, the are, the are guy good. is my oh, favorite. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's good. He he has some good lines whenever he's on screen. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think right now the supporting characters are probably the stronger part of the show. But um, yeah, I I I have confidence that it'll get there, and it's still an enjoyable watch. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it ramping up. Nice. And, yeah, outside of that, we just got game shows. Nothing <laughs> nothing too crazy happened. He's what do you
2: mean boy. RuPaul was on Family Feud?
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't watch that one.
2: Oh. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I, I, I try, oh, because that was Father's Day. Yeah, so we were yeah. busy. And we Steve
2: Harvey was, real. I mean, he's always socially awkward, but he was really, <laughs> really awkward around RuPaul.
1: Oh, he's been pretty awkward around uh, the queer eye folks as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really out of his element. It feels like he's regressing uh like straight treat or ally treatment of gay people like <laughs> back a decade or two. <laughs> yeah. But uh it's it's still funny and the queer and the queer eye guys know how to handle that kind of awkward situation decently. Um yeah, I mean N- nothing too crazy has happened on these game shows. I still got to check out that episode of Family Feud. Um, but it's just been consistently enjoyable, and I believe they've also been towards the top of the ratings game. So I'm personally very glad to see that. ABC <laughs> has been ruling the roost on Thursday and Sunday nights with their game show lineup. Um, holy moly, Is uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, to tell the truth... I think something interesting happened actually on the last episode that I watched, but I could not for the life of me recall hmm. what it was. So yeah, I'm just going to skip that, but I do remember it making me laugh quite a bit. Oh, one, one interesting thing that happened. I believe this was the first time I've ever seen this, but I don't think it was the first time it's happened on this uh, new incarnation of to tell the truth. Uh, hmm. Dion Cole, he uh, guessed all the contestants correctly. he, he was able to identify who was telling the truth for all, I think, four or five rounds, and uh, for that he won. Uh, he won the Doris, which is the award show on that show, and it is a, a gold plaque of host Anthony Anderson's mom. Wow! Who uh, who plays kind of a kind of a pivotal role on that show as well? She, I, I don't know why she's there, but. She is, she's like in her own section of the room. She's not like with the celebrity judges. She's just kind of like hanging out and doing her own thing. And she just kind of chimes in whenever she has a thought, but it's, <laughs> it's a pretty good dynamic and I appreciate it. And uh, so, yeah, Anthony Anderson told Dion, uh, listen, cause you got everything right. You're going to be taking home my mama tonight. And he <laughs> uh, handed him that plaque. I would have taken
2: the money instead.
1: <laughs> oh, there's no money.
2: <laughs> Damn.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they had a good contestant. If I remember before next time we meet, I'll bring it up and, um, (laughs) don't the, uh, the Ryan Reynolds produced show with Adam Scott as host has been pretty decent as well. I think it's been picking up a little bit. It's a little less, um, awkward and a little more quippy, still pretty awkward, but, um, you know, it's in a way that makes you chuckle Mm. and, um, I think they're good at picking entertaining families as well like this one, <laughs> the last family that was on the show um, just in, in particular, um, the son it's it's a nuclear family so uh, father, mother, daughter and son. And the son is uh, he, he's pretty flamboyant and he loves like lambasting his father.
2: Oh, like, like
1: the dad will be you know just kind of doing a game pretty poorly and he's like what are you doing like you are out of this family uh just like things like that just dissing him the, the, the entire time but there is still like love between them because when um all goes well they do um hug quite a bit and they they really do show uh, affection
2: Ugh, a hug <laughs> i don't want to throw up on national television
1: but like it's pretty fun and i think it uh it does suit the dynamic of the show, which is very, very snarky. Um, and the kind of jokes that they're telling on the show are high concept. <laughs> okay, maybe not high concept, but medium concept, at least when it comes to game shows, because game shows are... Um, you know, I feel like for a long time, especially like 2000 to 2010, maybe game shows had like the lowest common denominator of jokes and like cheesiness. Mm-hmm. And they just... Yeah, just the writing was pretty much non-existent. But um now with this new crop of game shows they're they're trying to focus on that. They're trying to pick that up a bit and it shows. Um and I think the culmination of that is in this show, don't. Um, even though it doesn't like always hit and even though I don't always like laugh, uh what's the word? Like I, I chuckle, I don't fall.
2: <laughs> you chortle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um but, uh, yeah, it really does feel like that is one show where maybe half of it is a game show and the other half is really, like, dedicated to just jokes, um, running jokes, and things that they're, they're trying not to be formulaic with. So it's, it's interesting and it's, it's somewhat welcome. Um, yeah, I just wish maybe it kind of landed a bit more. Um, one thing... That I will mention when it comes to uh, holy moly, one kind of highlight of the past episode, um, or maybe it was uh, two weeks ago, was uh, Zach Efron showed up just really randomly. He was in the crowd and he was supporting one of the contestants whose name is Tanner. And this, this it's just so strange. Um, I like what they pulled off here because it's it's very random. Tanner is like. He, he's just a random guy. He's kind of tall. He's got long hair and he wears a fedora. He's a little bit like a neckbeard, but there's no facial hair on him. Um, actually, there might have been a mustache. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, they had kind of like a row of celebrities coming out to support him. It started with Zac Efron, and that made host Rob Riggle like super excited and like start giggling. And then um, there was another celebrity. I forgot who it was. And then uh, Josh Dumel. I don't really know who that is. Yeah, exactly. He's from the
0: the Transformers movies.
1: Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, then he made an appearance. And yeah, they were all supporting like their friend Tanner Beard, which is just so strange. But it it was pretty fun to watch that play out. So props to Holy Moly 2, the sequel for pulling that off. Using their Disney slash ABC clout to recruit uh Zach Efron to reanimate him and bring him onto the show before freezing him again. <laughs> and uh that's that's it for me for T V Court. It was a long mm-hmm. segment, but um that's pretty much all I'm gonna talk about this week. Don't really have much <laughs> else, so
2: So say goodbye, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much signing off.
0: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right, uh mine should be relatively pretty quick. I already talked about the Floor is Lava with uh with you guys. Um <clears throat> next one uh, that came out uh this this week. I think it was Tuesday actually. And it was a new comedy special by Eric Andre and it was his uh Oh, I saw that too. I forgot. Le- legalized everything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it it uh you know, if anyone's not familiar with Eric Andre, Eric Andre is pretty much a, a man of chaos. <laughs> uh and yeah it, i think it 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 opens up with a his typical eric andre show like dressed as a police officer and like he gets out of a, of, of, of a police car and he's doing this kind of like man on the street kind of shtick. There's like yeah. a, a camera that's somewhere and someone's filming this. He's got a mic hooked up and he's just like talking to random people on the street in New Orleans saying like, come on, you want to smoke this weed? Come on, He's carrying a
2: bong around with him. You
0: know? He pulls <laughs> his pants <laughs> down and starts like humping like a wall <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, you know, typical. And um i think that's the best part of the whole special and that's, that's not even the comedy yeah i um this or the stand-up rather i i'm not a fan of this i i i, I understand like his style i don't think it translates well to stage for me i think yeah. what i think what he was doing here it, it felt like uh an anti-stand-up special and just mm in some way because it's it's really just him screaming the whole time and him just saying oh the last time i did shrooms and my eyes bowls ran, you know went to the back of my head and i said oh for loco come back or you know, some something of that kind of nonsense basically and like he's just rambling on not missing a beat but at the same time it's like i'm not finding any of this funny and I I couldn't find myself really chuckling. Maybe at the the tail end when he takes yeah, with the mom he takes uh, he takes someone's yeah. uh, cell phone, he calls their mother and puts it like somehow hooks it up to his screen, and the mom comes on, and then like, she's like he's like oh where are you like you want to smoke weeds and then she pulls out like a bag of edibles, <laughs> and which is like oh that's that's pretty random. But it's like was any of this staged perhaps like. Would that mother really have, like, a bag of edibles? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, my parents would, so, just <laughs> I, so you know.
0: But, uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't – I wasn't really buying it, you know. Yeah. I, I, it was – I've seen better. I think that's, that's, that's my big takeaway. I just, I didn't find myself really laughing as much as I wanted to during this. Like I, I love Eric Andre. I love, I love a shtick. I love, I like, uh, there's a movie I want to check out. That's been out for a while with him and Tiffany Haddish that kind of embraces more of that uh, Eric Andre style, like, um, or even like bad grandpa type mm-hmm. of uh, thing where like, it's mm-hmm. like shocking, like random passerby or sort of like Borat style too. But uh, yeah, more, I that, more,
1: more in line with this that vibe. movie. I, I for, yeah.
0: It came out recently, I, I, but uh, I've been meaning to check it out.
1: It had like, it, it had a very kind of boring title. I think it was like, it's not the trip, but it's, uh, I don't know.
0: It uh, Give me a hot second. I can find it. What's a
2: movie? I just felt bad because <laughs> usually when co- comics are on stage, they're profusely sweating, which is an anxiety pusher for me um because i too also sweat like a sinner in church when on stage mm. yeah. and it just looks so hot in that new orleans little barn where they were having this comedy special and i felt really bad
1: yeah
0: oh well, i think that just he just you know that's that's just him you know like, <laughs> he's, just, he's just a man of chaos you know yeah uh, oh yeah. That, that movie you're talking bad trip
1: oh so, ah, i was so close all right yeah that's
0: trip. i think that means you know i'm like as in like you know he's having a bad trip i think that's kind of like i see of
1: yeah it, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, I, I i could definitely see that i don't think his style would translate super well to just kind of straight stand-up you need more uh yeah it is more like high concept stuff that you need a budget and- for I didn't I
0: didn't feel like like the the audience was like laughing too much too. That was kind of like right. my takeaway. There was like there was like some like roaring cheers when like he would say something, you know, like especially when like he says the titular like part of his special like we should legalize everything and then everyone's like, "Yeah, woo!" And, and, and then it kind of dips down when like he starts like rambling again. Mm. So, I don't know. I was I wasn't crazy about it. it wasn't for me. Mm. that's a shame. Mm yeah uh john did you have anything else to add to it
2: um i thought it went by super quick because it's like a 54 minute special and i was like it's i looked cool. down for a second and i like passed out on the sofa because i was <laughs> alcoholic or like drinking or whatever and then when i woke up it was over
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's, yeah it's a nice sign of saying you loved it
2: i mean i <laughs> i mean that's not you know how i feel about stand-up comics like they're I never find them funny. That's why I like um, Hannah Gatsby and she does like a more cerebral, like a TED Talk-ish uh, comic special, mm-hmm. which is something that I can follow and it has like a plot line and uh, I think it's a higher brow, I hate to say. I do love Eric Andre too. I love the good stoner humor that we got going here, but i just never find them funny but it did pique my interest and i did manage to get through it so i guess that's saying something
0: i mean that all that, that all boils down to just comedy and you know comedy subjective you know like every, every, we all find something uniquely funny and uh yeah you know like i so I, I don't know like like every every comic has a different way of like telling their own kind of shtick so uh yeah this one didn't do it for me mm. so i don't know I did I have been meaning to catch that *Hannah Gatsby one. Um yeah, there's two I, now. You gotta uh, yeah, watch both. I have been hearing good things. They're great. hmm So uh yeah, I'll I'll be meaning to check that those out. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, I think uh the one you guys are all waiting for me to talk about here um is uh mm-hmm. Hannibal. Oh yeah, that's right. The, oh, yeah. All all three seasons I checked out this week, starting from S- Monday up until yesterday. Spickety or no uh, Saturday.
2: Here comes the nightmare stag. Uh, I,
0: I, I thought it was unique. Um, I think it was a different approach I I would have expected for, uh, you know, that me growing up and watching like all the Lecter films, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which uh, I, I, for the most part, I think kind of like, uh, steam pretty straight to the books from what I've researched from them as well over the years. Um, and you know, like I, I can, I can really appreciate the kind of style they, they were going for here, especially with all like the like the trippy sequences that came, especially from uh, our our lead uh, from uh, Hugh Dancy who played uh, Will Graham here. Um, but I think I wasn't crazy about this. I don't think mm-hmm. I re- I don't think I liked it too much. I I I I I like season one. I like where it was going, and what I what I was really liking by the tail end of season two, it's was like, Oh shit. So this oh, yeah. is what we're doing. <laughs> and, then, and then episode two started season three. I was like, Oh God damn it. <laughs> and so I, I kind of, I kind of wanted that to just kind of like, just follow Lecter all the way, you know, like see, see where else it can go. And then it's like, oh man, and then it looks like, Oh, and now we're getting into red dragon, the actual like book or film rather. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think by the end of it, I was just getting bored. I think, oh. I think, I think uh, once they actually got him, and, and it's not like they really got him. You know, he kind of gave himself. I, I'm spoiling this, too because this has been out for a while, and people, people know this show too. I don't know if you guys care. I don't know. You, yeah, we, you, yeah, you, 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 both yeah. watched it, correct? Yeah, you're yep. both familiar. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I think by the end of it, I was just, I was, fe- I was just finding a lot of things to be less clever than I wanted them to be. I did, I did, it didn't feel like, you know, like people came up with such like, d- you know, conclusive answers. I feel like it's like, okay, the, sh- the season's ending. We're getting to this part. We need to like find a reason why we have to get from X to Y. And that came down to, like the, like, the coroner reports and, like, why certain characters were still alive at some point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, then a, a person enters a relationship with somebody, which looks like, I don't know where the hell that came from. <laughs> you get to see Hannibal's theremin. Um, <laughs> and, I, I, it, it, and then it just it, it got too, like, trippy. For me, I would like I thought it became too overindulgent when it came to to Will and, and his relationship with like the stag and how he's viewing Lecter and how he then views himself. And I'm just like, oh, it's just like just it became too overindulgent on that. And that's why I think they kind of had it run so long in terms of c- because of the uh, the the runtime for each episode. I feel mm-hmm. like it could, if you condensed it maybe more into, say, like 25 minutes I think I would have got more out of that than having to stretch it out for so long Mm. for a 13 episode season. But with like with so much more runtime, I think that needed it because I was getting bored with like, like Abby Hobbs and like why they kind of continue that to season three. And I'm like, like just let that die. Let her (laughs) die. You know, (laughs) it's just, I don't know. It just became too much for me, you know? And, and I think I know why they, I think I found out why they kept, or the reason why they ended it the way it was i mm-hmm. i haven't done my my full research but i think because they didn't get rights to clarice the character and that's why they kind of kept focus on will graham for most I thought of it she
2: showed up in one episode though
0: no no you're yeah. thinking no no i think you're... she's
2: mentioned agent starling right i don't
0: i i i mean i watched this back to back and i couldn't i didn't see any mention of her. i think the one that they kind of like uh, that was sort of a replacement for her was the girl that goes missing the the FBI agent in season mm-hmm. one. And that, that was like Maria or something what, or Marine. I think her name was that loses her arm. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I I think that was like, just like her placeholder. And like, we need to do this early. Like, you know, there, there's, there's, there's events that they, they, they do early on to kind of like, to kind of, I don't know, stretch out the season a little bit. Cause they kind of like those characters. We're to throw that in there. And that has to like, you know, like, uh, what's it Mason Verger? That storyline they had the they threw that in a little bit earlier than expected because I know that's I think the fourth book in the series, or like, or just like, uh, from from when I watched that film too. Oh, uh, so I want to highlight some of the, the the things I like about the series, though. I really mm-hmm. I really like uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and I, and I really like uh, uh, Matt's Mickelson here. Yep. I I think that oh, they're yeah. two of the they're two of the biggest highlights for me. Yeah, and that like fight
2: in season three, I could tell that that was your favorite moment,
0: or uh, or what was it? Season well, season two too. Well, I mean, I see why. I, I was almost skeptical, skeptical at first about a skeptical. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm I'm dyslexic. I'm uh, <laughs> uh, and I I see why they started it at, at, in the beginning of season or episode one of season two because they kind of they throw that kind of bait and switch in there for you at the end. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why they did that. And then, uh, yeah, season yeah, season three this is kind of like a follow-up fight with between the uh, the two of them, yeah. which is pretty cool. And I'm also noticing just like direct lines of dialogue that's being pulled from uh, from what I remember from the films too. You know, like mm-hmm. like in trails, in or out. Uh, out you know like i mm-hmm. it's like, I, don't know, like I, I, I like little little touches like that i remember just like stuff that's being recreated here and uh i dug that and i, I even like some of the uh supporting cast members um michael pitt as mason that he's sh- like as soon as he gets in that wheelchair it's like fuck that's that's just gary oldman like he's doing mm-hmm. like the best gary oldman impression I, I i'm seeing right now and that's i thought it was it was just like oh wow uh, like him talking through his <laughs> prosthetic skin. Yep. Really really good stuff with him. Um who else here? Paula uh,
2: Sparza, you got Eddie Izzard. There's a lot of celebrities Eddie on there, Eddie, Eddie
0: Izzard's very good here too. I like how they kind of like keep him going a little bit. The, um, the uh <laughs> the actor that plays uh uh Frederick uh Chilton yeah very, uh, very good like he, do you, he, how do you not know him he's
2: broadway legend raul esparza
0: yeah well uh, he's also doing a very good impression too from uh his, his yeah. uh from the actors uh, recent uh, his portrayal from those other films as well so i see where he's taking that inspiration and like him gnawing on his pen and everything like that i i, I just like picking up on those little details and just like his you know his vocal performance as well is very mm-hmm. very unique um I did not like the actress that played Freddie Louds. I she was one of my least favorites from the hmm. show. I just I don't know. I like like if you really want me to kind of like get behind a character that you also want to hate, but also like at the same time. I just didn't care for her. I don't know. Just uh, didn't didn't I, I didn't like her. It's <laughs> hmm. basically what it comes be- comes down to. And uh, I don't know. And Hugh Dancy, uh, he's fine for the most part, but he. I feel like he just kind of like, there's too much of him like twitching and everything like that. And he's like freaking out. It's like, I don't know if like, I, I feel like he was hamming up for the most part when, when, uh, when the seasons kind of progressed a little bit, I, I kind of mm-hmm. like some of his little like cleverness that was going on in season two and him like kind of like getting into a uh, animal's good graces, mm-hmm. but to, to, somewhere by the end of it, I was just kind of like, I was kind of over it for the most part. But, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, oh, one, one other uh, thing I want to talk about. Uh, oh boy, Fred, Uh no, 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 not him. Um, who plays the red dragon, Richard Armitage. Yes. He's very good. I like him too. He's, he's actually an actor. I think that doesn't get enough credit. Um, uh, yeah, very good there. I liked him. I, even, uh, the actress, uh, that played Reba uh their their uh scenes together were very 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 good mm-hmm. um but yeah i on the whole for me i just i i was just kind of getting bored by the end of it i was just kind of waiting for it to all to kind of you know wait for it to, to all end i don't know it just it wasn't a show for me i think but when it when it came came to the end of it mm-hmm. so i mean i don't know I, like you guys are more experienced with it and praised it more than how i'm giving it credit for so i don't know how do you guys feel
2: I I just enjoy Hannibal's like decadence, you know, the way it's shot, the way it looks, mm-hmm. um, the score. I love the trip out moments in season three. Um, it does kind of go into like Tumblr territory, where it's like, oh, we ship these two now. Yeah, can't wait to see what's going on here. And I mean, that's part of the the camp that I enjoy too. I'm like, this show, it's so up its own ass that. <laughs> it's artistically relevant so mm-hmm. that that's why i watched Hannibal before because when he's walking around in his super suit in like season one or season two mm-hmm. and then he's like will you be my friend hello it's like yeah.
0: he's, a, he, he's a serial killer like what is going on here I, I think what was it in season three when when he's finally in his cell like why does he have such a lavish cell how come he's not in more of a because uh, more he's a padded fruit? yeah but that <laughs> doesn't make sense that he that does, he doesn't have those kind of those kind of uh quality uh, those uh, resources <laughs> (laughs) Mm -hmm. That should be stripped away from him.
2: And I mean, they pushing Chilton down the hill (laughs) on fire in a wheelchair.
0: That should have been Freddy. I loved it. I loved every moment. Let me tell you something (laughs) about that. Uh, So, back in the day when uh, we used to do cast sleepovers uh, back in high school, Uh no. Basically what we what it what it comes down to, we skipped the next day of school after like Sunday's performance would close. <gasps> and skipped school? Cool. And, uh, we we would all have we like most of the cast would, would get together and uh, we would have a cast sleepover and we just stay up until God knows when we would be insane. Yeah. And then and then Red Dragon comes on, and by the by the time Phil Seymour Hoffman gets into the wheelchair and <laughs> rolled down the hill set on fire, we were all pissing our pants laughing at this moment but that's part of what Hannibal does it's like it's so over-the-top
2: dramatic that it's stupid oh
0: but no but I thought rhetoric I thought the film did it much more comical and like because there's no music playing just this random guy (laughs) who's walking and it's like what the fuck is this (laughs) this this uh, this puppet is in a chair set on fire (laughs) oh but uh, yeah you know I don't know. Like, but... yeah. Oh, no. no, you go. Sorry. Well,
2: you also didn't have to deal with it, like, switching to a new night every second day that it was on. It, w- it was a very weird time to be a Hannibal fan, yeah. watching it live. It was chaotic. It was like, moved to Friday, and then it died, and then it came back. And...
1: If, yeah, I think they literally put it on Saturdays at one point, which yeah. is a crazy time slot for like a yeah. prime time drama. That's utterly insane. It, it was it like that, you? and then SNL came on afterwards. <laughs>
0: Does anyone know why it decided to like end the way it did though? Like I don't I don't know like what the controversy was behind it.
2: I think it was just too expensive.
0: Well, I mean, look at all those like
1: other scenes that they shot. With, well it's like...
2: gorgeous, yeah. Yeah,
1: and the ratings were pretty low the entire time. Yeah. The only thing about as many yeah. scenes as it did is because it was uh, co-financed abroad, like overseas.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's still, I mean, it's all, with all Brian Fuller's shows. It's like, give us another season. And he always, he's the king of like being on Twitter. Is like, well, you know, it may happen.
1: Oh, yeah. He's yeah. been teasing that for years.
0: That, Pushing Daisies, everything. But <laughs> like comparing this to Pushing Daisies, it's obviously two completely different se- shows. But Pushing Daisies, I, I thought was f- way far better than uh, than this.
2: Didn't we all? Didn't we all? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i mean that was my time with it you know it's yeah. come it's gone i'm kind of happy i watched it finally mm-hmm. and uh yeah
2: all right
0: so um, that's that's all i got for for tv so i'm gonna bang the gavel
2: all right um i've got four movies
0: for, for movie for phone?
2: phone yeah for our next segment movie phone hmm <laughs> Um, So I guess I'll go because I have to close the windows. I think there's a storm coming. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a movie and a half.
2: All right. Um, Let me go real quick. Okay. All right. Um, First thing I want to start with is our good old friend Bong Joon-ho. I watched one of his older gems on Hulu Mm. being the host from 2006. Nice. Nice. Um, This was fun. Uh, Bong, he does some wonders behind the camera. It's part creature film. Part horror, part comedy, part drama. Mm-hmm. And I just love his films because there's always so many twists that you never see coming, but they <laughs> kind of work for the film and you don't like you're not upset over it. Um, it's just not where initially my mind would go. And I, I enjoy that he breaks these uh, tropes so often. I think it's a fun time.
0: Now, you never I know what to mean. expect from the man
2: yeah it's it's just essentially like a family dynamic where uh the monster steals one of these family members it comes out of like uh this uh the water source nearby yeah. and then it's like the the movie is the family mentor members and their unique quirks hunting down the the missing kid and it it's just like there's government issues going on behind the scene i like that you see the monster i admit that the the cgi but it was a it was a different era Um mm-hmm. uh, it looks a little bit, you know, eh. But I understand it. I've seen worse things. So.
0: I just love all the the frail bodies being torn up as that's oh, yeah. going on. Yeah, <laughs> kind of horrifying when you just see it from afar. And it's like, what the hell is that? And there's like little to no music that's being played over that as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's pretty. That's what kind of makes it frightening for me. That scene.
2: Yeah, but I found it more of a comedy than a horror. Even though there's a lot of deaths in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But I found it more funny, and I I like how Bong does that with with horror as well. He he brings in the levity. Um, Next, uh, just watched before this podcast, I saw the Doctor Sleep director's cut on HBO Max. Um, Still like it. I like it more that I had a bathroom within reach that I could pause the movie (laughs) and go experience if I ever had to, because the director's cut adds 26 minutes of footage. It's not a lot. It's a lot of... Yeah, it doesn't... And it's like, after watching it, it's like, what did they add? They added chapter titles so it looks more similar to The Shining with like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, they added a lot of book references that I enjoyed, but yet again, I was like, the average moviegoer isn't going to understand this at all. Um, it, But I, I still think it's good. I, I think I m- might have enjoyed it a little bit better the second time around, as I said, because my bladder wasn't experiencing uh, Code Red at that moment. <laughs> um
1: i'm just just hoping you can make that cg better maybe in the final cut
2: i see i didn't have a problem with the cg though it didn't look that bad because it had had that mike flanagan like instagram filter over it that you're like (laughs) all right i i kind of like it but when rebecca ferguson is like in the air flying (laughs) then you know
0: it's kind of like my same thoughts with uh the extended cut of Hateful Eight, where you know you just added kind of like the same amount of time, I would say, where it's spread out across the the film, not really adding too much. If anything, just a few lines of dialogue, maybe an entrance here or a different perspective there. That's about mm-hmm. it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I would still highly recommend it. I think you might enjoy it, Mark.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think it's so cool that they put watch. the
1: the director's cut on HBO Max. I, oh, I yeah. didn't know that. So that's, that's yep. pretty cool. And I hope uh, they keep doing that with other movies.
2: Mm-hmm. It's hidden in the bonus features if you want to give it a watch.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> I don't have the time.
2: Uh, well, I will say Rebecca Ferguson, as Rose the Hat, really good in this movie. Um, I enjoyed her a lot. Of course, um, Ewan McGregor, awesome. Um, I, I am of the team that I think that woman who did the... Uh, the Shelley Duvall impression did a really good impression of Shelley Duvall, but Matt is in the opposite camp, so well, I can't I, really.
1: I, no, I just think they use they reused an audio clip. I don't no, know. I it's, like
2: her. To... it's her. It's her. That's know. how good it
1: is. Uh, I don't know because uh, <laughs> I had just seen The Shining, like maybe like a few <laughs> weeks before Doctor Sleep. <laughs> hmm.
2: But I, I don't know. I think she's great. I, <laughs> I love it. I think it's good, and it, they take enough. Um, it doesn't feel exactly the same as the book they take some liberties they cut a few characters they add a few more um gruesome moments um and i kind of enjoy it for what it is especially since we know stephen king was up in arms against the stanley kubrick version and the fact that they get so many references to the kubrick film
1: yeah that's is, true
2: is, is great in itself so i have to appreciate the little things you know
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. this one it was just interesting to me because uh, it, it didn't feel horror like at all? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really think it was marketed that way either. It always surprised me when I got around to actually seeing the trailer that I was like, oh, "This looks like an action movie." So uh, <laughs> it feels more like Stranger Things esque mm-hmm. in terms of uh, horror content and just like action than uh, than a horror movie. In case mm-hmm. any listeners have reservations about that.
2: And they shouldn't. <laughs> um, next, uh, we got to return to this banger of a director. I saw another Lars von Trier movie that I've been meaning to see for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Lars von Trier, of course, you know, The House That Jack Built, um, Melancholia, um, other things that are yeah. very yeah. depressing and weird. <laughs> um, I saw Dogville, which uh, for a long time I'm really interested in because it has a cast After My Own Heart, it's got Nicole Kidman, Chloe Sivagnier, Mm. um, Patricia Clarkson, Lauren Bacall. And I think this might be my favorite Von Trier film because it is filmed in a very theatrical way. It's filmed in a Brechtian style, which if you don't know, Brecht's theater director used to like bare minimals on stage, very little props. Um, Essentially, the set that they're on is just a singular set with chalk drawings around like... Mrs. Johansson's grocery, um, a gooseberry bush, and it's just outlined in chalk. And these actors are just acting with very minimal props on camera, and they're pantomiming a la like our town, going into buildings, sneaking into mines. Right. Um, I-, I just like that style on film. I think it's it's very artistic. It's theatrical. Um, it also plays like a, an older theater piece because Nicole Kidman as Grace, our heroine, stumbles into a town, kind of hoping to escape the mafia. But this town initially seems to be, like, you know, uh, a bunch of poor locals with good hearts, and then they devolve into, like, the scum of humanity, and we see how Grace reacts to that. Um, It's another three-hour movie, so (laughs) (laughs) if you've got the time. And it's part of a trilogy, I think. I think there's two more after this. One being filmed already, I think one um, is von Trier's next or on the docket. I'm not sure on that. Don't quote Mm. me on it. I think it it was...
1: I thought it was with... uh melancholia and antichrist is like the depression trilogy or something like
2: no, that. no 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 I, I i know there's a direct <laughs> sequel to this and it's filmed in a similar style but of course they couldn't get like nicole kidman and stuff back so it's different actors uh-huh. when did this Playing come out same yeah. roles yeah when did this come out yeah um whoo, when did this come out i want to say 2006 again give me a second badger amongst yourself We'll use, we'll ask, I oh, 2003. <laughs> 2003 is when it came out. So a while ago, but um, I finally was like, you know, I want to watch this. I've heard that it might be a Von Trier film that doesn't fill me with disgust for the human race. And it kind of did, but in, I, it went along with the morals because Von Trier is very full of himself. So he'll be like, I think in house that Jack built, like Jack is going through hell. And then Von Trier shows clips from his own movies. <laughs> That have nothing to do with what's going on and I'm just, what the hell is going on here?
0: Uh, that's funny. That's
2: I also think that Buncher is like a notable Nazi sympathizer so... Well, he,
0: he did he did call himself a Nazi during yeah. a press interview.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so
0: I, gu- I guess I'm a Nazi? And you could
2: see I think Natalie Portman was, or was it
0: not, Uma Thurman is looking yeah. at him and she's like, yeah. what
2: the fuck? It's like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So there's that awkwardness and that to deal with, but uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Um, And then last on my docket, guys, the Bergman box officially closed.
1: Whoa. Took me
2: two years to do it.
1: Congrats.
2: (laughs) But I did it. Um, And boy, did it go out on a bang uh, with a five hour, 26 minute (laughs) television version of fanny and alexander uh considered by many to be uh bergman's magnum opus uh this is basically oh sorry that's almost as long
1: as one of our podcast episodes
2: i know right (laughs) see the shining for (laughs) almost that length um i did really enjoy it it tells the story loosely of fanny and alexander in their childhood they're brought up in a very theatrical family that's very rich and well to do uh, then the patriarch dies, and they kind of live with this bishop who's very unsavory and underhanded, and he's uh very abusive to them and their mother. Um, there's many themes going on in this, including religion, um marriage as a whole, how we grow up. Um, something that I love that Bergman played with this is as children, like the movie opens and Alexander's like running through their. Their spacious apartment that's like a castle, essentially, and he sees literal death just walking by, <laughs> and it's like through the eyes of the child, things seem extraordinary and almost fairy tale esque. Um, there are some creepy moments in this, like there's some ghost scenes talking about how like the bishop's previous marriage, like they were so abused that they drowned themselves, and we we get a ghost coughing up water on Alexander. Uh, it's a little bit freaky, um, but it's. It's very Bergman. I will give it that. It's not my favorites, and I don't think I could squeeze in a a five-and-a-half viewing um, on this podcast anytime soon. But I get that he was kind of piecing together the tools that he created as a director and his life experiences, and I just love his appreciation for theater. Nice. It's it's been a good run. Um, We will see a Bergman eventually, but I got to find the right one. I got to find the one that's... (laughs) That's just right for this podcast. You're going to watch
0: this movie. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow.
2: <laughs> but someday. Um, I think I'll return to them when I'm much older because a lot of them are dealing with, like, coming to terms with your old age and dying and, you know, uh, <laughs> being in a loveless marriage. <laughs> so maybe someday I, too, can be in a loveless marriage.
1: Uh, one can only hope.
2: Yeah. And um, that's all I watched with my movie phone this week.
0: Cool. Cool. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, like I said, I, I've watched a movie and a half. So let me let me start with the with the half first. Uh, this is a new film that just came to Netflix. Uh, it's called Eurovision Song Contest. Oh yeah, the oh, yeah. of Fire Saga. Uh, this is uh, starring Will Ferrell and uh, Rachel McAdams as a Icelandic pop duo that are looking to make it and uh attend eurovision which i yeah. believe is a real thing from uh oh yeah.
2: We, oh yeah we on disc jockeys i mentioned them two weeks ago <laughs> oh <shit>. yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it was postponed uh, this year though yeah oh yeah uh
0: well like i it's the most i could say right for, for right now it's a movie I, <laughs> I, I i i stopped because i think i was just. I was getting bored. I think that's kind of like what it, what it really came down to. Like I didn't, I wasn't like hating it. I was actually, I had quite a few chuckles. I don't, I, I think you guys feel pretty indifferent when it comes to Will Farrell. I, I mean, I've liked him over the years, years, but, uh, he's kind of dwindled in terms of, uh, my, uh, favor favorability. And uh, when I, like, uh, when it comes to his comedic style, but, uh, yeah. this also comes from the same director of, uh, wedding crashers and, yeah. uh, Fred Claus, (laughs) great.
2: I thought
0: I would just uh, bring that up because like uh, he he, this guy has some background with uh, with Will Ferrell, and uh, I think he's actually in in he's making Way Crashers two, which is supposed to be slated for this year.
1: But uh, I forgot.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: That uh, legally Blonde three, which apparently came out in May, (laughs) it (laughs) didn't exactly.
0: But uh, yeah, it that the the two here are uh, mcadams and uh if they they're they kind of play off each other pretty well they're you now they're kind of they're they're both kind of airheads you know they're they're a bit naive i i like mcadams here she's you know, she's playing a very like you know cute kind of uh, character she like delivers pastries to these uh elves <laughs> in, in this Well, I mean, like, 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 it's like a little spiritual thing where it's like there, there's these little oh, like okay. Hobbit ho- little houses, and she's like, I want to go to Eurovision, and maybe um, I, I get to like be with Lars, and Lars is played by Will Ferrell here, and he's got a, he's got like a full mane of hair, and uh, he's just he he's kind of like on par with his Blades of Glory character. But uh, a little bit more annoying. Um, I, I don't know. I can't get around him here. His father here is also played by, uh, uh, man, what's his name? James Bond. Uh, d- 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 Matt uh, would know. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. <laughs> who uh, just who belittles him at every chance he gets in this movie. and That's kind of like one of the highlights. <laughs> He's just like, like, I hate you. Get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Demi Lovato's ca- got sort of a cameo here, a sort of supporting role. Hmm. She's okay. She's playing like a uh, sort of like Icelandic like pop singer here. I think there's a lot of pop singers as well that are like have some notoriety. I think uh, like around the world, but like aside from De- Demi Lovato, I can't recognize any of them. Um, but yeah, so far it's it's yeah it's okay. You know, it's not great. I think. Uh, like, I think mostly why I stopped it because it's over two hours long, and I it doesn't feel like oh, it wow. should be that long. Yeah, um,
2: I wouldn't know having watched five and a half hour movies this week.
1: So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I've got like another fifty five minutes on the runtime, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll finish it out. I'll see what happens. Yeah,
1: I like the premise of it, so I, I've been interested in it for a while since like I heard it was being made because uh, I don't know, I just thought it would be funny and. I don't know uh, my I'm half excited for it I guess
0: <laughs> yeah well there's a bit of a falling action that comes at the midpoint of the movie which I was like well, we haven't even reached like the, the the one hour mark here and all of a sudden our two leads here hate each other hmm. that's uh, that that was, that's kind of like kind of struck me as like oh, I think they don't know how to pace this movie out so far Jeez. yeah oh well Oh, we'll see I'll uh, I'll have the final verdict uh, next time
1: yeah Netflix might need to be more in the uh, like more hands-on with their films because right mm-hmm. now they just kind of let everybody make whatever they want <laughs> and uh, well we saw the Irishman
0: I
2: didn't
1: yeah <laughs> I saw it twice <laughs> oh. too long
0: uh, I, I, I I beg to differ but yeah yep. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, th- I thought Matt had something else to say. Oh no, no. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, you know, Netflix is kind of, just, kind of just becoming that dumping ground now. It's becoming yep. it's become the new straight to DVD in some way. So, yeah. But uh, yeah. So, uh, last one I think I have here is an evening with Beverly Luff Lynn.
2: Oh, why? Why does that sound familiar to me?
0: Well, you might know who, what this is if you know the director. Uh, oh. so this comes from director, writer, I think producer, uh, Jim Hosking. And this man mm. is known for one of the best movies of our generation. And that's The Greasy Strangler. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. uh, so I love this movie. I, th- I think IMDb did a dirty here by giving it a 5.7 out of 10.
2: You really think that? Dude? I-, I think it
0: should get 11, 12... 30. Maybe a 20 wow. out of 10 wow <laughs> obviously i'm over exaggerating here but i really <laughs> do like this movie
1: right.
0: uh, mostly there's that also just comes from uh my love for the greasy strangler as well mm-hmm. um so let me just break down the premise premise for you this has actual an, an actual premise or structure rather than uh, the greasy strangler <laughs> uh, which is just built on nonsense but also this movie but with actual plot investment so this stars Aubrey Plaza and Jermaine Clement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Aubrey Plaza is married to uh, Emile Hirsch here who uh, runs a coffee restaurant. He was kind of a sleazebag and just kind of flaunts his stuff around and yells at his employees. We do see a couple of his regulars here from uh, the Greasy Strangler. The, uh, one of our uh, Brayden, uh, the lead from the, from the other one who's the son of the, of the Greasy Strangler <laughs> Uh, he he he's he's doing a very awkward job here and um it's got
2: Matt berry from what we do in the shadows it does yeah, yeah he, he
0: plays a pretty um important role here as well he plays rodney von dunken Stie- <laughs> 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 he's very good i i know more so from the from the it crowd but yeah, yeah after like looking him up too like i know that's that's where he's more most prominent right now uh but uh our our titular character here, Mr. Beverly Lynn, is Craig Robinson. Mm-hmm. And apparently Aubrey Plaza and him have had a previous love affair. And this might be Craig Robinson's best performance yet. <laughs> uh, so like when he's introduced here, we don't even know who, who and what he is. For the most part of the movie, he's just grunting the whole time. Just going, mmm. Mmm. <laughs>
2: Very Orson Welles-esque.
0: mostly constipated as well you're not sure what he is he 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 might be some kind of spiritual entity and everyone's just waiting to see this man and uh uh, jermaine clement here kind of gets kind of like involved with aubrey plaza sort of she kind of kidnaps him (laughs) at gunpoint (laughs) it's it's a very bizarre romp uh, that, that's happening here it, it's mostly taking place inside this uh this hotel um, with a bunch of other kind of weird and awkward characters the best way I can really describe this movie and even uh, this director's previous work is just a celebration of awkwardness <laughs> and I think he chose the best actors for it and I think that's really what you want if you want to make a movie like this and you want to have so like actual, Actors in it and portray these characters. They want to know. You want. You want. You want them to know exactly what they're getting into. And these are the kind of roles that Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza should be playing. She knows exactly what she's doing here. I think she's eating it up, mm. eating every piece of scenery, the floor included. Um, everyone looks like they're just having a very awkward blast with each other, <laughs> and it's 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 astounding. I'm 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 in love with it. Uh, it came out only like a couple years ago, but I've, I I knew about it since its first trailer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was I was happy to find it on Netflix. Um, it's, you know, it's about maybe two hours long. I, I think it should be longer uh, <laughs> because I love it so much. But uh, it's I think it's definitely worth worth a watch. It's not as gross as Greasy Strangler. Oh, thank God! But but it does have some like cut some you know some uh <laughs> uh. Uh, some nudity. I'll oh. just say that. I hope it's tasteful. <laughs> um the, you can define tasteful. <laughs> um but uh it's I like it. I I I watch it again. I think I will. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's that that's all I gotta say about it. All right. I'm putting the, any- I'm putting down the movie phone.
2: Yep. Um we got any theater? What's nope. The theater?
1: Nope. <sighs> Nothing from me.
2: Um, all I could say is um, I think the Globe put up this week, because, you know, the digital theater thing, is they did the the Globe production of A Midsummer Night's Dream with Gwendolyn from Game of Thrones, Brienne of Tarth.
0: I did see those, uh, those ads hmm. for it.
2: That I heard is really good. I want to try to check that out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Met is putting up a different opera per day now, as opposed to per week, which is interesting hmm. uh, to show their new opera subscription service, which is far too expensive even for my taste, but <laughs> Uh, Where there's a will, there's a way
1: Those Cranford folk though
2: Oh my god And um, Hamilton is coming this week So get ready
1: Uh, I guess I'll
2: watch
0: (laughs) You gotta Lights up on Hamilton
2: (laughs) Exactly
1: It's It's like like we're there The son of a martyr I like to barter, (laughs) self-starter Eminem's my daughter
0: Wow, it's like (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda's here
1: Lynn, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My name is uh, Hamilton, I came to say. <laughs> and it dropped sometimes.
2: <laughs> in a major way. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's coming. Um, what's a theater? I think we chose the wrong profession. So <laughs> that's all I'll say. Um, and then our final segment. I didn't listen to any music, so there's no horse in this race for me as we get to disc jockeys.
1: Yeah, I've got nothing. Uh, what's today, June? Uh, yeah
2: today is june
1: i I listened to i think a new dirty projectors ep came out it was okay i think i like their last one more there i think they're releasing four to five EPs this year uh the idea is that a different lead or a different member of the band will take lead vocals on each one so uh yeah and other than that i believe that's that's pretty much it um i think think i've only listened to
0: one of dirty projectors uh albums i think that's the one with a uh, break Was it Lam- lamp lip prose
1: uh yeah that's a more recent. i think that's their most recent album uh, yeah it, no, their self-titled might be their most recent i'm not sure but that's I, a very that's a newer one definitely
0: yeah i, I liked it mostly because of a uh, breakthrough when that song first came out and i'm like oh okay. i, I kind of I, I, like, I like what's going on here
1: yeah, I, I really recommend their older stuff. I think maybe not too old. Their their really early stuff is pretty weird. But like in the 2008, uh, they did Bite Orca, and 2000, I think maybe 12 or 2011, they did Ready to Die. So I, mm-hmm. I think those would be up your alley. I re- really recommend them.
0: They they've they also got did a, a
1: they did a collab oh, with York that I love, but I don't think <laughs> anybody else would. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah, they've, they've got a nice kind of uh, animal
1: collective vibe about them. Yeah, they, they're pretty, uh, they're kind of unique with their vocal style. And, and even some of their guitar stuff, especially on those records I mentioned before, pretty, pretty interesting. Really, uh, yeah, they, they kind of rock quite a bit on those. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, those vocals, apparently it's called a hocketing when <laughs> they have like those two female vocalists kind of like finishing each other's uh, sandwiches so it's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: I like that. I'm
2: sure someone's into it. It's a fetish somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. but Oh, and there's also like a lot of kind of behind the scenes. Uh, 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 sloppiness with them. Oh. But that was oh. kind of cleared up. Uh, mostly it boiled down to the lead vocalist, or I guess like the, the main guide behind the project, uh, being in love with uh, one of the vocalists. And oh. then, uh that yeah, kind of blew up. And then they were like kind of amicable for a while, but <laughs> then things really kind of went downhill. And then uh, the guy, he actually released a Dirty Projectors record or maybe two of them solo without any other band members. And they were like kind of really just self-pitying. But, I, well, I think they were actually pretty decent records, but they were really like introspective and all about like how he fucked up in the relationship
0: that's kind of like an edward sharp situation almost
1: oh really i didn't know that
0: oh you didn't know the magnetic uh,
1: zeros I, are gone yeah Oof.
0: I, uh, a friend of mine uh a little story uh she went to uh, attend a concert with them uh-huh. and the uh the female vocalist uh had had parted ways because apparently uh both both uh she and the uh, male vocalist had broke up, mm. and so <laughs> every time that her vocal part was supposed to come up, he would throw the mic to the audience, <laughs> and then at one point, he just broke down crying on stage. Oh
2: my goodness. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh I would hate to see that.
0: Oh.
2: I gotta change this podcast to a Page Six podcast. Uh, <laughs> she
0: she told me it's like I never seen anything more awkward. Uh, <laughs>
1: that's amazing. Oh, that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> that's Damn. sad. I really yeah. like that event too.
1: That beats my story of the most awkward uh, musical moment. That was that would be when I was seeing uh, Jens Lechman in Brooklyn, and uh, mm-hmm. you know he was just getting started. Um, the instruments were were playing their tune, kind of like. An introductory thing, and then when it came his turn to actually start uh, singing and providing vocals, he was shocked by the microphone so badly that his heart almost stopped, and he—I uh, he, think he saw death for a split second. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, wow! So the music was still kind of going on, but eventually it faded away. <laughs> uh, he, he came back, and he was like, oh, "I'm all right," but that was just the craziest shock I've ever had in my life.
0: Wow! Yeah.
1: Uh. I think uh, uh, there has been a lead singer that, that had a shock like that on stage and died mid-concert. Bob Marley?
2: <laughs> no.
1: no. No, I don't think so. He was too high.
0: Oh, oh sorry. That I meant a, a shot on stage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh.
0: Somebody shot the sheriff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't shoot the deputy, though.
0: There you go. Yep.
1: Uh, that's uh, – I, I hope that concert has been uh, – videotaped i want to find
0: that on youtube would, you know what? we're gonna find that out right now <laughs> after we're gonna search it
2: live on
0: air then we're gonna watch uh, uh 12 hours of Dinkster daily
2: oh it wouldn't be an episode if it wasn't Dinkster daily <laughs> at least <laughs> 10 times before we adjourned <laughs> <sighs> who's gonna send us off today
0: well i guess on that note this uh <laughs> Brings us to another fine end to our moose-bouche episode. But uh, if you want to catch more of our rantings and more of us crying on stage during a performance, where, where can the audience find us? Um, you
2: can find me hopefully getting shocked on stage that I see <laughs> death. <laughs> I wish I was there, um, but seriously, you can follow me on Twitter at drink and Read JK, on the Instagram at losing my mind JK or follow my other anime podcast. Anime was not a mistake on most podcasting platforms. Uh, we currently watched, Uh, We're continuing our retrospective on Mobile G Gundam, and next week for our special 69th episode, we're going to be taking a dive into panty and stocking with garter belts for a raunchy madcap time.
1: Interesting. Hmm.
2: Our first non-safe for work episode. Will
1: will there be video?
2: Ooh. (laughs) How much are you willing to pay? How much are you willing to see?
1: My whole tax return.
0: (laughs) we got time. <laughs> uh, you can find me over on Instagram at MZbro Jr. or Man Who Wears Hats over on Twitter.
1: You can find me. Uh, I've got a new stage show called uh, The The Floor is Lava Part 2. And, um, yeah, it's just me jumping uh, from set piece to set piece and trying not to touch the ground. Uh, because uh, we all know that the, the ground represents uh, my my wife and dog leaving me. <laughs> Yeah, so yep. I may break down mid-performance, but uh, stay tuned.
2: Get out your popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Cue pop the laugh track. Would it be funnier than the Eric Andre show we watched? Or
1: <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Yeah, for the first 10 minutes of sobbing, I think. It'd be pretty comical. But and then it would
2: just be sad. <laughs>
1: yeah. Afterwards come uh, people begging for refunds.
2: Hmm
1: and me saying nope you didn't read the fine print
2: (laughs) there's a dinkster queue in here somewhere isn't there mark
0: (laughs) you can insert
1: into the editing
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'll just edit that in at the end of every episode from now on
1: (laughs) we're gonna get sued
0: Thank you for listening to Nightcaps at the Theater. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us this evening as much as we had with you. If you're not too hungover or haven't thrown up on your cat yet, please be so kind to rate, review, and subscribe to us on various podcast platforms. Oh, it looks like Matt's passed out in a bag full of McDonald's and John's swinging a wine bottle at me. I guess it's time for me to get going. Good night, everyone, and make sure to tip your Uber driver.